An Irish independent digital subscription doesn't just get you the news. It gets you the best of Ireland's stories all in one place. Whether it's the best of politics, business, sport, entertainment or lifestyle. Get it all for just €4 Euro a month for 12 months when you first subscribe. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent. Terms and conditions apply. Cancel any time. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by trichologist Claire Fulham, chatting all things hair loss. I remember then going, I'm losing a bit more hair. Like I could see hair everywhere. It was all okay. over my desk oh, wow. and work okay. everywhere. And so I went to my GP. She found five big patches on my scalp, one the size of my fist. So I was like, right, what am I going to do about this? Give me a plan. She just looked me dead in the eye and said, there's nothing you can do. I went on list for dermatologists. She had a cancellation and she very quickly said, yes, you have alopecia areata. As ever available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily. Donald Trump back in the dock again. Today, an indictment was unsealed. Charging Donald J. Trump conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. Donald Trump is now facing four charges for trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6th was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. It was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant Of all the indictments facing the former president, these are the most serious and could see him jailed for up to 55 years. In short, he's being accused of organising a coup. With polls showing Trump and Joe Biden neck and neck, is this a moment that will solidify his vote or give Republicans pause for thought? Look, it's like the revolving door of indictments at this point. We have three indictments now and here we are as he's still the frontrunner in the election. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by former CNN anchor and Sunday Independent columnist Gina London, who explains the latest threat to Trump's plan for retaking the White House. Gina London, it looks like US prosecutors are now going to try and shoehorn three criminal trials into the period between now and the November 2024 election. This is getting serious for Donald Trump. Look, it's like the revolving door of indictments at this point. We have three indictments now. The most recent one just happened when we've got now counts against the attempt to overturn the 2020 election. This is including conspiracy to defraud the government, obstruct the electoral count, and spreading lies about stoking that angry mob, of course, that stormed the Capitol building on January 6th. and practically brought an insurrection and the democracy to its knees in the United States. This is the third, as I mentioned, with the second one being another round of obstruction of justice in the in the classified documents case. And then the, the first one that came down against the former President Donald Trump is, of course, the hush money that was paid to Stormy Daniels. Now, whether or not those will all come, these indictments now will go through the processes and actually be in trial, in proceedings in November 2024 is anybody's guess because there's lots of political and legal maneuvering that can happen to delay things. Is there at least one more to come in the form of the potential indictments happening down in the case in Georgia about obstruction and tampering with the potential election results there? Yes. So this is a lot to do 
with Trump and his shenanigans. And here we are as he's still the front runner in the election. I think it's a fair assessment to say that of all the indictments laid against Trump, the ones this week associating him with the events of January 6th, 2021 are the most serious because he stands accused of effectively trying to overthrow the will of the people, which in layman's terms could be described as a coup. Tell us what are the main points of the indictment that have been put forward? First of all, there's 45 pages and I confess I have not read them all. So there's that. But this is really incredible in the sense that this has potentially 55 years of prison associated with those four counts and that this has with it so much around the real conspiracy, defrauding the government, obstructing the will of the people, as you said, but the the electoral college count. And this is absolutely an election interference, according to special counsel Jack Smith and the investigators from the Department of Justice that had been on this for for quite some time. And so it's very serious. It's largely, when we talk about the rule of law, this was the first time ever to refresh the memories of the listeners. It's the first time ever that a sitting president president refused, not only refused to acknowledge the results of the election after there were more than 60 court cases that said, no, there was no election tampering. It was a free and fair election. The results are valid. And not only did they did President Donald Trump, according to now this indictment, but Democrats and others, not only did he refuse to acknowledge the results, but he actually, now that this indictment is pushing forward, he actually incited a potential insurrection and attempted to overthrow the results. So it's very, very serious. There are only a few dates in the calendar, Gina, that we automatically associate with certain things. If I say to you September 11th, we think of the Twin Towers. If I say December 25th, you'll think of Christmas Day. And now I think January 6th is entering that same category where all I have to say is that date and people automatically think of the US Capitol. Remind us briefly of the scenes from that day. O'Donnell, we are coming on the air right now with breaking news because the U.S. Capitol has been placed on lockdown as angry protesters surround the building. We should know that. Oh my gosh, I don't know that there's anybody who's listening to this who hasn't an opportunity to close their eyes and see those those videos that were. I mean, we knew something was coming because it was the day that the. U.S. Congress is expected to essentially rubber stamp in the halls of the Capitol. The vice president, then Vice President Mike Pence, is to oversee a joint session of Congress as they essentially ratify the will of the Electoral College, which is also then, of course, the will of the the popular vote in terms of the way that the the election results are proportionally distributed through the United States. And it's a largely perfunctory, traditional, theatrical tradition. And yet that morning of January 6th, when the election results were supposed to be ratified in the Congress, then President Trump and his family held a rally outside near the Capitol. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. And then at that point, and this is indisputed, he 
in his own words, President Trump called on the people that were gathered to go to the Capitol. And they did. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down to the Capitol because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. And not only did they go, but they went with weapons and they went with anger and they screamed out, hang my pants, hang my pants. And then as the video goes on, you can see them breaking glass, the windows of the Capitol and climbing through. And there was, it, there was violence, people died. I'm talking to you live now from my parents' home in Indiana in the U.S., but I was in Ireland at the time with my friends gathered around the television watching the, all of this unfold on CNN Live, and it was jaw-dropping. Like, never. I, I covered the White House and the Capitol in Washington for more than 10 years. Nothing was even beginning to look like what we saw that day. I mean, it's absolutely astounding to me, frankly, in a neutral, just citizen of the United States point of view, that anybody could now try to rethink that history and call it a tour or call it something that was less than a riot. The the way that many of the Republicans have tried to backpedal this, it was outstanding in its horror and terror. And I was, it was disbelieving to watch it. And that is where we are now that the special counsel, Jack Smith, has brought forth these indictments to say that Donald J. Trump is culpable. He plays a part in this. He didn't just have the speech and it's disconnected to the riot. They were connected, that he was a part of this. And that is what's part is what's happening with these indictments. When unsealing the latest indictment, the special counsel, Jack Smith, urged everybody to read the 45 pages. And within I that... I promise I will. <laughs> And within that, it does offer a fascinating insight into what was going on behind the scenes, because what you've described there, Gina, is what we saw play out on pretty much television stations across the world and on social media. But behind the scenes, we learned from the indictment that Mike Pence, the then vice president who had to sign off on the election outcome, he has kept contemporaneous notes. And he says that Donald Trump rang him on Christmas Day to, he thought he was getting a happy Christmas phone call, but it was actually to falsely imply that there had been major infractions in the electoral system and basically pressurised him about what would happen on January 6th when he was meant to sign off on it. He told Pence, this is from Pence's notes, that the bottom line was that Trump won every state by hundreds of thousands of votes, which, let's be honest, even if it was the most one-sided election in history, is not how American politics would play out. Mike Pence's role in all of this is fascinating. He's now running against Trump for president, but not really making any real show in any of this. And then, Gina, there are six co-conspirators, not named in what was unsealed yesterday, but it gives us an insight into what happened in that two weeks from around Christmas up to January 6th. 
Yeah, real quickly on the on the Mike Pence piece before we get into those six un, unnamed co-conspirators that are that are alluded to in this that are referred to in this um, forty page forty five page indictment. You know, here I am in Indiana, where Mike Pence was governor. Of course, he's from when as he, as vice president, and yet, like you said, how when you heard mobs yelling, "Hang me if you're Mike Pence," and you got a call like that in you from the president who you were so loyal to throughout his four years. And then he's calling you names. And we've heard the different things that he said that have, that have leaked out throughout the January 6th hearing that were, that were held uh, publicly in, in, in Congress recently. And how is this man running against, but sticking with Donald Trump at this point in the presidential election? It boggles my mind where this guy, and then he's kept notes that actually, show the level of intrigue and and falsehoods that are being pushed, not only by Donald Trump, but this is the thing. Did Donald Trump actually believe that he had won? I think probably the man's delusional enough that he he did. But what's interesting, that's a quick aside, but uh, what's interesting then now about the whole, what's going on? Who else was supporting this falsehood? Who else was bringing the president along this delusion? Well, we've heard many times about the role of former uh, New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. But there's also now, as you say, there are six uncharged co-conspirators who are these people that were also involved in stoking the flames of Donald Trump's thoughts around the election results and that they pushed officials in different states, those swing states, to try to ignore the popular vote and bring out different results. So what happened in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, those battleground states that Biden carried that really tipped the election's way? Well, one of the first co-conspirators said to be an attorney who was, quote, willing to spread knowingly false claims and pursue the strategies to assist Trump's 2020 campaign, despite those outcomes and those some 60 different court results that I mentioned. So that's one. We don't know exactly who that may be yet. And then there's another one that's apparently an attorney who devised a strategy to lever leverage Mike Pence's authority in an unconstitutional way. Then there's another one who's described as a defendant who sounded crazy, which may be a reference to the woman, Sidney Powell, who there have been a lot of stories about her and the way that she was parading around with these types of advice during his last days, Trump's last days in the White House. The software that goes in other computerized voting systems here as well, not just Dominion, were created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez to make sure he never lost an election. But one of its most characteristic features is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden. And then finally, there's a couple more, and one of them might be a DOJ official, Department of Justice official, who, quote, worked on civil matters. And this could be a former official named Jeff Clark, who helped draft that letter that urged the states to return a list of electors who would vote differently than what the Electoral College representatives are traditionally and historically pledged to vote along lines of how their results were actually returned in their states. And again, we don't know who all of them are, but we expect there will be more charges forthcoming, the same way that we've seen more charges come forward from the classified document case 
that President Trump has been indicted in. So special counsel Jack Smith, who is known, by the way, as being someone who's won tough cases against war criminals, mobsters, and crooked cops, this guy is is relentless. He's been overseeing this for since just last November, and he is moving at a really rapid pace considering the usual slow mechanisms of justice here in the United States. So I think there's going to be more indictments to come forward around those other co-conspirators in this case. Obviously, all the focus is on Trump, but it is worth reminding people that there are roughly 300 people already behind bars for what happened that day at Capitol Buildings and hundreds more likely to follow through uh, when they have appearances in, in federal court. So there are already... A lot of actions that have been happening here. What has Trump? Yeah, there were thousands of there were thousands of arrests. There have been, as you said, hundreds of of convictions, and it's it's still ongoing. So, while some Republicans are trying to pretend that this didn't happen or that it was just a, tour, a group of tour, it was very peaceful. The wheels of of justice, hopefully, are still ongoing. The people's memories have not faded, all of them. And even interestingly, as I was speak with my my parents. You and I were talking before we we came onto this this podcast recording that you know my parents were are conservative Republicans. They voted in sixteen and twenty twenty for Donald Trump, and they were saying to us at dinner when we arrived, my daughter and me last night, that they are aghast at what has happened since and starting with January sixth and ongoing. And they are surprised that he's still got such a strong base because the as they say, the more mainstream Republicans that they would be are not supportive. And in my mom's word, Donald Trump has ruined the Republican Party. The question then about Trump's, you know, his response to all this, obviously he got out ahead of the indictment being unsealed. He has, you say the wheels of justice are moving very quickly. He has alleged that they're actually moving quite slowly and this is all being timed for the middle. Let's be honest, the way US politics works, the campaign has started what, apart from it's a witch hunt, is his position here? He's famous for his his messaging, and he's good at it. He makes these little insults and these quips and these descriptions, and he runs with it, and his base repeats it. So he's been, of course, out in front of this because he's been actually using his indictments as his speech. His stump speech now is all around how he everything's been weaponized, that he's a victim. The prosecutor in the case... Mike, I mean- I will call it our case, is a thug. I've named him Deranged Jack Smith. He's a behind-the-scenes guy, but his record is absolutely atrocious. He does political hit jobs. And his numbers in the Republican primary, he's more than 50 points in some polls ahead of his closest challenger, Ron DeSantis. It's absolutely stunning. It's interesting time. I'm going to be all the month of August on on holiday with family here in the United States in a variety of states, including Florida, including Ohio, a big swing state. And of course, Ron DeSantis' state in Florida. It's going to be very interesting to be sort of on the ground here and see what the environment's like. But Donald Trump's playbook is Donald Trump's playbook. It never changes. The ridiculous and baseless indictment of me by the Biden administration's weaponized Department of Injustice will go down as among the most horrific abuses of power in the history of our country. Biden is trying to jail his leading political opponent, an opponent that's beating him by a lot in the polls, just like they do in Stalinist Russia or communist China. No different. He 
bullies, he belittles, he badgers, he repeats his short messages, and his MAGA group eats it up. So he's been out in front, of course, like always, calling special counsel Jack Smith deranged. That's his his line that he's using with, with this guy. And as I mentioned, saying that the all of these types of in, indictments and the investigations are are weaponized and they're trying to bring him down. And interestingly, it does look like that he is going to be the presidential candidate for the Republican Party. I feel like I'm in a surreal movie here in the United States, except for the fact that it is true. It is the classic never-ending Netflix series. I'm fascinated, though, Gina Boy, what you said about your parents um, and have them having voted Trump and now questioning how they ever came to that conclusion. But the polls still show that if it comes down to Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, it will be possibly even closer than it was in the 2020 election that it will really be a head-to-head runoff with all those states that you mentioned, the Georgias, the Nevadas, being kind of the key battlegrounds all over again and history will play out as it did um, in 2020. It's an absolute interesting observation. I have some friends who are that are working on the, on the Biden campaign and I have said to them over and over, even especially when President Biden was doing his incredible victory tour of Ireland in April, that this would be an ideal time for him to elegantly exit the political stage that he'd achieved everything he could ever want. And why on God's green earth are we not having the Democrat strategists come together with this plan and getting some new person to run against Donald Trump? But of course, here we are. So yeah, it's going to be a tight race because there's considerations about having an 80 plus year old president who doesn't always perform elegantly on stage against this man who makes his his style is so quick and repetitive, even if it doesn't have any basis on fact or figures or, or statistics or results. He can overrun you with his steamroll style, Donald Trump. It's a difficult chapter in the United States. It really is. As someone who travels all over the world working in different countries with different organizations to listen to the people on the ground, how the United States, which was once a very strong role model in this experiment called democracy, and how it looks today. It's it's disheartening as an American, I have to say. Regina London, safe travels, and we look forward to hearing the fruits of your research when you get back from the United States. My thanks to Gina London. I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Dave Hanratty with sound by Niall McMonagall. Archive clips were from CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, Reuters, Forbes and Sky News. If you enjoyed the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.